0: All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday night service here at Keith Heights Baptist Church. And it's starting to feel like a church again. We got a few more people in the auditorium tonight, and um, we are still under ten. And trust me, they are definitely social distancing. Uh, I don't know if the Roberts are mad at each other, or if they're just practicing social distancing tonight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, good to have a few other folks here. And hopefully, here in the next week, we'll kind of start ramping up, uh, having people come back to church. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a whole lot easier to preach when there are people here to preach to. And I appreciate those that have come, uh, even in the last several weeks, and those that are coming tonight uh, makes it a lot easier. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. We'll ask for the Lord's blessing on the service tonight. Father, we're so thankful grateful for the privilege to be here this evening. And Lord, what a joy it has been to our hearts to um, have the opportunity once again to kind of reunite with our church family and some of our folks And pray that in the next uh, week or two, as we begin to uh, get everyone back in the uh, schedule of things, that there will be a a sweetness in the time of fellowship we spend together. And then, Father, we're grateful for the privilege to have your word tonight and the freedom to be able to come and hear it preached and uh, read it and understand it. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us in it. We pray that you'll bless that we all the time that we have here tonight, that we bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to have Miss Sandy come, and I'm talking to her into using the microphone tonight only so we can get people on the streaming service to hear. So, Miss Sandy, if you want to go ahead and come on up.
1: Forgive my voice, please. (laughs) What a day that'll be. When my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by my hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day, That'll be, there is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim my eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, a glorious day, that'll be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be With the one who died for me. What a day, a glorious day, that'll be. What a day that'll be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by my hand. And leads me through the promised land. What a day. A glorious day. That'll be. What a day. A glorious day, whom that will be.
0: Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Miss Sandy. I'll tell you, this uh, coronavirus has um, opened our eyes to the very uh, real possibility that the Lord's coming could be very, very soon. And um, you can see how, uh, you know, I've often wondered, well, how in the world is The Antichrist is going to be able to bring all of the world together and uh, unite the money and unite the religion and unite uh, the politics. And boy, you see how just one small little bug can go through the entire world. And all God has to do is such a small, frail, fragile little thing. And it will literally change the whole dynamic of the world. And uh, you can see everybody's economies beginning to suffer and struggle and collapse And it would be very easy to see how uh, people could come together and decide they're going to have one world currency. And it's very easy to see how somebody could come, a strong leader could come, and uh, take political charge uh, of a world that's in chaos and confusion. And um, thank the Lord when uh, all of those things come to pass, we're not going to be here. The rapture is going to happen, and we're going to be out of here. But uh, on the other side of that coin, there are a lot of people who need to be saved. And we've got a great work ahead of us. So we need to be praying for that and looking for opportunity to serve God. And uh, we're going to be teaching a little bit on that tonight. And I hope that it will be a help to you. We want to take a few moments to go to the Lord in prayer. And I'll mention the requests that I know, and then we'll open up for some other prayer requests. Uh, Continue to pray for Brother Bob Schwabert, if you will, and the family there um, he has had a few days, I uh, heard last week, where he was able to get outside and enjoy some fresh air. Um, and uh, But pray for him and the family. I don't get a lot of daily updates from them, but uh, do continue to pray for him. Also got a text from Miss June this morning. Boy, what a blessing it was to hear from her. Um, we've been praying that she could get her chemotherapy treatments because she needs that for the cancer side of things. But the chemotherapy also has some very debilitating side effects. And so uh, one answer to prayer was a week or so ago, about probably 10 days ago, uh, her blood count finally came up to where she could get her chemo treatment. That was an answer to prayer. And then we began to pray that the side effects would not be so much. And she texted this morning and said that the side effects have not been near what they were expecting. And so I thought, boy, what an answer to prayer. And praise the Lord for that. It's not that they're without effects, so we still need to pray, but uh, much less than, than was expected. And so we praise the Lord for that. And she did ask that we continue to pray. There's some family situations there that uh, are still needing some prayer. There's been some movement in that area for God. Uh, God's done some good things in that aspect as well. But uh, continue to pray for that, if you will, family situation uh, for Miss June's family. Also pray for Linda Craig, who uh, is still recovering uh, from the lung or trying to heal from this lung thing that they're still trying to figure out. So continue to pray for her. Uh, also for Jennifer Craig, Jennifer is about to go stir crazy and, uh, send her a note, make, give her a phone call, text her, do something. If you need her number, I'll be glad to give it to you. She, she would love, absolutely love to have a phone call, uh, and talk with somebody. She's mostly having to stay in her room there at my place. And so you could imagine not even being able to get out and go see her friends and stuff a lot in the, my place. So they let them out a little bit and, and very careful how they do that. But um, be in prayer for her because, boy, she is ready to get out, (laughs) and she's chomping at the bit. Uh, So pray for that. She's asked numerous times for us to pray uh, for that to happen, that she can get out. And she's got a birthday coming up here pretty soon. I think it's next month, and uh, she's wanting to be out for sure by then. And so pray for that. Um, Also pray for Miss Laverne. I've not heard uh, any new reports. Did you ever get a hold of her the other day? I know you were trying to. Okay, right, but she's at her daughter's house now, I think. Okay, so okay, so continue to pray for that. They're trying to make some decisions. And uh, Sarah Harris, if you'll continue to pray for her as well, um, and uh, the issue that she had with her heart and the recovery time. that She's, she's done real well with it, from what I understand, uh, but continue to pray for her as well. And then my sister, I know a lot of you have been asking about her. Um, she did have a meeting yesterday with the doctor, and we have some good things to report and some things that we're still concerned about. And so pray about those. Um, one of them is the count, the blood count that we thought was way, way out of kilter. Uh, when the doctor went back and read them, they were not, they, they were high, but they were not near the extreme level that we thought they were. Um, to the tune of the fact that he's, he really didn't seem overly concerned about it. He said, yes, it's high, but, but that's not a, uh, you know, that's something that can be dealt with. So. Uh, That was an answer to prayer because we thought, boy, that was going to be much, much higher, much more urgent than that. Uh, There is still some concern that there may be some tumors and they're going to do some CT scans and some other things uh, later this week and first part of next week and try to locate those. Um, He did not seem to give any indication that there's uh, any significant urgency to the matter. Like like, uh, I guess the idea was he didn't feel that it was cancerous or that it was anything aggressive that would be, Uh, very difficult for her so uh, so kind of mixed report uh, things to continue to pray for but much better than what we were uh, thinking at the time uh, before the meeting yesterday and so I appreciate many of you praying and uh, I do let her know that our church has been praying for her and that means an awful lot to her and um, she's been able to get around and do a whole lot uh, work uh, she does piano lessons uh, and things like that and uh, some crafting things that she does and sells and so she's been able to get around and do some work and then uh, kind of had a little bit of a relapse uh, the last couple of days. So uh, she has good days and bad, so continue to pray for that, if you will. Just a lot of pain uh, that she has right now, so pray for that. And I think those are all the requests that I have right now. Is anybody else got anything else that we need to pray for? Uh, Brother Dan's church, yes, or the church over at Beacon. Uh, pray for that to sell. Uh, we've been praying for that, mentioning it uh, each morning in our prayer time, or most mornings in our prayer time we mention that. And uh, so pray for someone to come along. Be nice if a millionaire just come along needing an investment property and just write you a check for it and be done with it. And uh, that'd be nice. They would. I'm sure they would. So, And that's the other side of the coin. Right now missionaries could use the help, I'm sure. And uh, since they've decided to do that with the church As they sell it, the church property, it will all go to the missionaries that they supported. And I'm sure that will be a tremendous help and blessing to them. So keep that in mind as we pray for that. All right? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Right, right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So pray for Miss Sandy's son and grandson, both of them, um, first responder type folks, and people that are on the front lines of the coronavirus. And uh, so pray for them. They're uh, in harm's way. They're many times exposed to this stuff. And so uh, pray that God would uh, would bless there and keep them safe and protected. All right. Uh, Miss Kim, did you have your hand up? I thought I saw your hand. Uh, i I've not heard anything more about his personal health nor and i I think I mentioned it last week um uh, and I had not heard any updates. I know the church was looking for a pastor um uh, so and i don't I've not heard an update on brother matt uh, either, so we do need to keep him in prayer yes yeah, yeah. okay. Right. Sure. Right. Okay. Amen. That's true. Amen. Amen. a all right. So pray for Miss Kim's just for so the streaming people here. Pray for Miss Kim's family, her, her James and uh, Michael, and uh, also uh, for the business. And the, she's got a couple irons in the fire. She's praying for God's will to be done in that case. That would be the best way to state that, I guess. Okay. And what else? I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to say it before we. James's business. Okay. Okay. All right, so pray for these things. And I apologize some of you on streaming can't hear all that while they're talking. I'll try to repeat it for you uh, so that we can be in prayer for these things. All right, anything else? Yes, ma'am, Miss Sandy? I'm sorry? Sister Oates, I have not heard a report. I had asked Brother Randy here a couple weeks ago, and he didn't have any new information either other than it was, as far as he knew, it was all pretty much the same as where they had left off before. Um, I know at the last report I had, they were talking probably six months or so for, uh, is a rather short period of time for what their expectancy was, um, unless God intervenes, and God certainly can do that. You know, they told that to Brother Randy too, and you know here he is still alive and and uh, serving the Lord. So, all right, anything else? Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into our lesson this evening. Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity to come to you in prayer, and we do lift up these requests that were mentioned tonight. And, Father, I know that uh, if I was in a situation like any of these that we've mentioned, that I would want folks praying for it, people that knew how to pray and knew how to talk with you. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would bless in each of them. We think of um, the ones that we mention every day. We think of Miss June and Miss uh, Linda Craig, uh, Jennifer. We uh, think of Miss Laverne and. Uh, Miss Sarah Harris, also for Gene Whitener, and for Brother Bob Schwabert. Lord, so many in our church that we need to be in prayer for to lift them up. And those that are not able to get out and about and uh, are still at home. We pray for the building over at Beacon Baptist that uh, you would send the right person along. And Lord, you know that uh, the benefit that that would be and the help that that would be at this time to those missionaries that they've supported. And so we do pray that you would uh, allow that to... Um, transpire that you would make that uh, something um, that we would be able to look back on and say that we could give you the honor and glory for it, for answered prayer. We would rejoice in it. We do pray for the folks over at Bethel and uh, Brother Kaiser. Lord, we don't know the update on his health condition, but pray that you would continue to touch him and give him healing and strength and grace. We do pray for the church there as they look for a pastor, that you would give wisdom and guidance and leadership there and that your Holy Spirit would bring the right person along for their church. We do pray for uh, Miss Sandy's boys and uh, that you would keep them out of harm's way, that you would protect them and uh, put a hand of protection on them as they uh, are battling the coronavirus and kind of on the front lines of that. We think of Miss Kim and her uh, family and that you would continue to work in their hearts and for their business. We do pray for the possibilities of things that they're working on that you would give wisdom and guidance there. And, Lord, we ask for your direction and leading, and we are in uncertain times and uncertain days. And while we want to be a good testimony, we also want to be faithful. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help to guide and give clear indication of um, <coughs> restoring our services and getting our folks back in place. And then, Lord, that you would uh, bless in, a, in an unusual way in our church as perhaps this even could be used to kind of awaken us to the privilege that we have to come and meet weekly and many times a week and share uh, the fellowship with each other, to share uh, the teaching of Your Word, to sing songs together that bring praise to You. And Lord, it's easy when times are good for us to take those things for granted. And many times in a situation like we're experiencing now, we begin to miss those things, and we uh, realize uh, just really what we had. And so, Father, I pray that as uh, the uh, stay-at-home orders lift and we get the opportunity once again to come back and be a part, I pray that you would help us to uh, come back with renewed zeal and renewed fervency in serving you with our hearts and our lives with a love for you, seeking for your Word and your Holy Spirit to direct and guide us. We do pray that you'll bless the service tonight, and uh, during the teaching time, the preaching from your word, I pray that you would use that, that we would take heed to it and put it into practice in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, if you will, turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And uh, we're going to read pretty much the entirety of the first chapter. We're going to be dealing with uh, chapters one and two this evening and um, 928 points. So we will be brief. Not, not, not brother, brother Roberts gave me the thumbs up like, go ahead, brother. But I know at some point he would probably get his pillow out and he's got to work tomorrow. So we will be brief tonight. First Corinthians chapter one. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ." God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye perfectly be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you say, if I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I of Christ, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ "...the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise." And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, Let him glory in the Lord. Wow, what a chapter. And uh, I love this because Paul is dealing here primarily with the idea of the church at Corinth being unified in one mind and in one spirit. And there had been uh, words sent to him by uh, one of the folks there in Corinth that there was some division in the church. And I thank the Lord here at Keitha Heights. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of division that I know of or that I'm aware of as a pastor. And uh, that is rare. I don't know if our church understands how blessed we are in that aspect. There are a lot of churches today that have an awful lot of division in them. And I thank God that we have a church here that loves and cares for one another and they care for this pastor. And and certainly uh, there is a spirit of unity here, and I thank God for that. But I want us to understand what it is that they were unifying around. Uh, uh, what, it, what, is, what is the thing that they were uh, unified in? And Paul is giving them direction in this, and he, spe- he spells it out pretty clearly as we get to verse number 17. I want you to notice this. He says, "...for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved." It is the power of God. He said, listen, uh, there's, there's something I want you to be unified in, not just uh, to have unity together and everybody just get along. I want us to all get along and all pull the same direction. <clears throat> Years ago, uh, I was out um, uh, watching a, uh, a friend of mine that was uh, down in Florida, has a lot of cattle. He's about uh, probably 2,000 head of cattle or so. And I was watching some of them as they were rounding up some of the cattle. And it was amazing how these steer, when they uh, were, were running around and the, the cowboys are all trying to circle them with their ropes and they're you're shouting and whistling and hollering, the, 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 the cows just all kind of mingle and they all get confused and they're all just kind of in a big circle. They get them in a big clump. And then before long, the, just, the, the cowboys just are, got them all together and they're saying, okay, now we want to get them going all in the same direction. And it was wonderful to watch as they did certain things. And those cows went from everybody doing their own thing to all of a sudden all those cows were moving all the same direction. And let me tell you something, you better get out of their way because they weren't stopping either. And and I thought of that as I thought of this this idea that Paul was speaking here of there being unity. But beyond just unity, because you can have unity in things that really are not consequential. You can have unity in things that really don't matter in the light of eternity. And you'll sit there and you will just be stagnant and everybody kind of doing their own thing. Oh, we all get along. We all have a great church and it's fun to come to because there's no strife. There's no discord and it's pleasant. But are we striving together for something? Are, are, we, are we unified in a particular thing? Uh, have you ever watched uh, uh, as they harness, in the old days they harness the horses uh, to a stagecoach, let's say. And uh, they put a team or two or three teams sometimes of horses <coughs> and they all pull in unison. They all are going the same direction. And Paul is speaking of this about being unified, and he makes this statement for the preaching of the cross. And I believe that one of the things that, as God's people, one of the, one of the purposes of our church is for us to preach the gospel to this world, not only to the lost, but even to the saved. <coughs> that we preach the Word of God line upon line, And precept upon precept. And and by the way, it's not just the pastor's responsibility to do this. We all have a responsibility to preach the cross to a lost and a dying world. Now you may not have a pulpit and you may not have a building, but every single one of us can preach the cross. Every single one of us can proclaim to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to give some instruction here, because Paul does, and I want us to learn some things about what is expected of us as we preach the gospel, as we preach the cross of Christ, as we tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the great unifying things among God's people, and probably I heard one preacher say it this way, the grand affection of our lives as a Christian is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the thing that we love. It's the thing that we cherish. And there ought to be a desire. There ought to be something that that drives us to go and find people that do not know and bring them to Christ. It's interesting to me that when Andrew, Jesus called Andrew, the Bible says that he first went and findeth his brother Philip. And he brought his brother to Jesus. And I can think of no more noble aspect than to find the Lord Jesus Christ and then go find somebody who doesn't know him and bring them to him. To, to be able to, to preach the cross to them. To be able to, to bring them to the feet of Jesus. And I understand we can't save anybody. I understand we can't make anybody trust Christ as their Savior. But I'll tell you this, we can lead them all the way to the cross. And they have to make the choice themselves. And i tell you, I think that there has been a dearth in our society. I think there's been a, a negligence, perhaps, in Christianity of having this desire, of having our eyes opened up. And I don't know about you, but in these days of of being quarantined and having this stay-at-home thing, uh, there has been an awakening in my heart, a string in my heart. I don't get out as much as I did. I I don't get the opportunities as much as I did. I don't run into as many people as I used to. And I'll tell you, it has opened my eyes to the the absolute uh, privilege that you and I have during normal times to, to run into people and have doors of opportunity wide open in front of us. To, to preach the cross to people. To point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after all, it, it is an exciting thing to be saved, isn't it? It is something that is of our hearts. It fills our hearts with joy. It's something that we ought not ever get over. Amen. I was talking this morning in the morning devotion about having a heart that's full and overflowing. And if we never get to the place where it's just bubbling out of us and it's overflowing in our hearts, and then we go out into this world, let it bubble out everywhere you go. Just spill it. And I talked a little bit about sometimes I wash a pan. Uh, not very often, but occasionally the dishes pile up. We've thrown so many of them away and bought new ones that it's time to wash a few anyway. And uh, every once in a while I have a pan there that I want to wash or I'll need to wash, and uh, we've cooked five or six meals in it. it's time to wash it. So uh, there, I, we get that out, and I'll put soap in there, and uh, I'll fill it up with water, you know, usually most of the way full, and I'll let it soak for a little bit before I get ready to clean it. And it never fails. When I go to pull that pan, uh, I slosh the water everywhere because it starts sloshing in there. You know what I'm talking about? And it just spills out all over everywhere. Wouldn't it be so wonderful if you and I could be so full of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that everywhere we went, every time we moved, it just sloshed all over everything. Everybody around us knew about it. Uh, I'll tell you, it can happen. It can happen. We need to be excited about these things. Now, there's some things that Paul instructs us in. I want us to look at them here regarding this preaching of the cross. I want us to look at this, uh, if you will, in chapter number 2. And we're going to look in verse number 1. Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech. Can I tell you several ways that we should not preach the gospel? Number one, we should not preach it with excellency of speech. Now, I am one for being a, a workman that need not to be ashamed, and I think that we need to do our best But we should not rely on our oratory skills or our personality or or the the fact that we have people that just give an ear to us and that we're pleasant to listen to. We should not be dependent on those things. There is a a plainness to the gospel that people need to hear. And there are times that we can speak over somebody. Uh, They may not understand what we're doing. I don't know if you notice this or not, but we're used to as Christians using some terms that Christians are familiar with. That I'll be honest with you, somebody who's not known much about Christ may not understand that term. We talk about being born again. That's a a term a lot of people don't know. We talk about being saved. I've heard people, I've asked people, I've said, are you saved? Do you know, uh, or have you been saved before? And they would say, well, sure, I was in an accident, and I was about to die, and I prayed and asked God to save me, and, and He saved my life. And that's what they think saved means. Can I tell you that we need not depend on our excellency of speech? He says, "I did not come to you." He said in verse number one, "Not with I came to you not with excellency of speech." Notice he also says, "Nor with the wisdom, uh, nor, uh, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God." He, he's referring here to the wisdom of men. Look with me in verse number three, or uh, verse number. I'm sorry, verse number two. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching uh, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Can I tell you that we should not depend on our excellency of speech, we should not depend upon our own manly human wisdom. I don't know why, but for some reason years ago, and, and if I'm not careful, I still can catch myself doing this, When I share the gospel with someone, it seems like there is a tendency sometimes to try to logic with them. For me to use what makes sense to me. But can I tell you this, that we need to forget about trying to use man's wisdom. And I'm all for letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us to know what to say. But for us to try to come up with the gimmicks... For us to come up with the type of uh, wisdom that we can use. Uh, Brother Roberts and I were talking the other day about places you go. And people will talk to you about putting your hand on somebody's shoulder. About shaking their hand a certain way. About getting them to say yes and nod their heads. Uh, folks, can I tell you this? That's man's wisdom. And that is not how we're to be coming to people. When it comes to sharing the gospel, we don't depend upon gimmicks. We don't depend upon psychology and and salesmanship. We depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit being inside of us and doing a work in that person's heart. We ought not come in man's wisdom. Paul said in my speech, in my preaching, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the, the Spirit, uh, of the of the spirit and of power, uh, the next one that we find is that we ought not to pre- preach the gospel or the cross with arrogancy or by depending upon our position. Go back to chapter number one, if you will, and look with me in verse number. Um, <clears throat> let's go back to verse number. Five, uh, let's go to verse twenty-five, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Now, I just want to stop here for a minute and make a comment. We're going to come back to the message here in just a second. We all understand here that there is no foolishness with God and there is no weakness with God. We understand that, right? What Paul is trying to say is, if there was any weakness to be had in God, if there was any foolishness to be had in God, the very worst that God could ever be, it is so much more than what man is at their best. And that's what he's referring to here. Not that God is foolish or that he is weak, in fact, God is never depleted of any of this. In verse number 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men, notice this, after the flesh, not many mighty, and you could say this because it's in the context of the passage, he's referring here again, after the flesh, to the man's, the man's view of what a mighty person is. What a man's view of a wise man is. Not many noble, according to people and, and according to men, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base of things of this world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Notice this, that no flesh should what? Glory in His presence. Look over in verse number 12 of of chapter 1. And back actually back up uh yeah, we'll say we'll do it right there, verse twelve. Now this I say that every one of you say, If I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Paul said, Look, there there ought not to be any arrogancy. There ought not to be any position. The thing is that we preach the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that that there is a Word of God that we hold as our standard. We don't give an answer to other men, but we give an answer to God. But this idea that churches cannot get along, pastors cannot get along, may God deliver us from that, that is nothing but arrogancy. Church members that think that their church is something that other churches are not, I'm all for separation, ecclesiastical separation, that the standard of every local church be the Word of God and the Word of God alone. But that does not mean that we cannot get along. There's so much arrogancy, I believe, in the preaching of the gospel many times that the Word of God and the, and the cause of God is harmed because of it. We're not to come in the excellency of speech or the philosophy of men, the wisdom of men, the arrogance or the position This is not some type of a, uh, of a political thing where we're trying to get up on a stump and trying to get people one to us. We're trying to preach the power of the gospel. I want you to notice what the gospel is. The gospel is the wisdom of God. Look with me, if you will, in verse number, uh, back up to verse number 18 of chapter 1. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Now, here it's speaking of the wisdom of the wise according to this world, not the wisdom of the wise that have godly wisdom. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And this is why, verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. This was their choice. They had God's wisdom at one time, and they willingly chose to depart from God. They knew not God. It pleased God, then, by the the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God doesn't rely upon man's wisdom. He relies upon His wisdom, the wisdom of God. We find in verse number 7 of chapter number 2, the Bible says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. When we go out and we preach the gospel of Christ, we must be dependent upon God's wisdom to do the work. There, there as a necessity, requires there to be a sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we are going to follow after the things... Uh, of God's wisdom we must have the spirit of God in us. Now notice we can find this in the verses following. Which one verse number 8 which none of the princes of this world knew for they had not known it uh, for uh, they had they not known it they would have or had they known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us, notice this, by His what? By His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God." You ever tried to express something that was on your heart to somebody and they just didn't get it? There was something inside of you that you understood completely, but when you tried to give it to somebody else, they couldn't understand it. Nobody can understand the spirit of man except the man. Can I tell you this? The same thing holds true, Paul says, to the spirit of God. No man can know the things of God unless the Holy Spirit of God, the spirit of God, can show it. Now, here's the benefit. As God's children, guess where the Spirit of God lives? Inside of us. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? When we come to the the, the preaching of the cross, we cannot depend upon our wisdom, man's wisdom. And and I'll tell you, you you can come up with all these ideas. And by the way, we see a lot of them today, don't we? We see a lot of churches that are taking the wisdom of the world and trying to preach the cross of Christ. They're trying to bring in world tactics and world methods and worldly motives, and they're saying, okay, if we can do this, this, and this, it works in the world, it ought to work in the church house too. Can I tell you this? That is the wrong way to go about it. When we preach the cross of Christ, we come in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's it. Because in order to have His wisdom, we have to have His Spirit. And I'm thankful that we get the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Now here's the problem we face. There are so often many times in our life that we either grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. We're not sensitive to Him. We're not yielded to Him. When it comes to this thing of preaching the cross, this is the the underlying theme of what Paul says he wants this church in Corinth to be unified. He wants them all pulling in the harness the same direction, to preach the cross of Christ. That's the main theme he says, but don't come in your own wisdom. Don't come in your own might. Don't come in excellency of speech. Don't try to gimmick your way to get people to come to the cross of Christ. Just simply rely upon God's Holy Spirit and His power to lead, to guide, and to strengthen us. And then let's just go out and do the work. Let's go out and share the gospel with other people. When we come to preach the gospel of Christ, we find that the Holy Spirit is able then To reveal God to others. You know, the Holy Spirit's primary purpose is not to speak of Himself, but to point men to the Savior. What an amazing thought. The Holy Spirit never draws attention to Himself, He always points men to Christ. To be able to take the Holy Spirit of God out to a lost and a dying world. And as we were talking about before, just letting it so fill our hearts that it spills out. We can't help it. We just get out here and we just tell people how great God is and we let them know about the gospel message, the love that God had for them, that in the middle of their sin, while they were yet sinners, Christ died for them. And let the Holy Spirit work. And let Him stir that heart and let Him draw that person to Himself. What a miracle. What a miracle. The key to understanding God's Word is only by the Holy Spirit. And as we preach the cross of Christ, man cannot understand it. A lost man cannot understand it unless the Holy Spirit illuminates him. Look what it says in verse number 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God. Amen. I'm glad of that. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing, notice this, spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can He know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Can I tell you this? That when it comes to the preaching of the cross, we are not to come in man's wisdom or excellency of speech. We're not to come up with all these wonderful methods and great ideas. Every once in a while... Uh, Brother Hell and I'll be talking and I'll be like, I got a million dollar idea. Got a million dollar idea. You know how many people in our churches try to come up with a million dollar idea, a new way, a fresh way, a different way to preach the gospel? And I tell you this, the old fashioned way wasn't bad, was it? The way that the Bible taught about wasn't bad for men to get up and preach the Word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit upon them, and boy the work that the Holy Spirit did in those hearts. But you watch at the work that men does. You look at the work that we do today in many of the churches around our country. You see a great, great crowd, and they all leave unclean. They all leave unchanged. and They all leave untransformed from the inside out. Because they've relied upon man's wisdom. Are they preaching some Scripture? Maybe. But they're doing it with man's wisdom, with excellency of speech. They're trying to come up with man's philosophy, man's technique. I tell you this, I believe we ought to study this Word. We ought to know it. We ought to be able to handle it well. Workmen that need not to be ashamed, I believe very strongly in that, that we be prepared, that we be a vessel of honor fit for the Master's use. But can I tell you this, when it comes to our preaching of the cross, when it comes to our service for Him, we better be absolutely, 100%, fully dependent upon Him doing the work. Paul understood this. He said, Some of y'all are saying you're of Paul. It's not Paul that did it. Did Paul, was Paul crucified for you? He asked that question. I wasn't the one that did that. Some of y'all are saying it's of Apollos. He said, Apollos didn't do anything. Some of you said, You're of Cephas. Cephas didn't do anything. All he did was point people to Christ. Who did the work? Christ. When it comes to the preaching of the cross, we need to have a revival among our, our, our Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching members of local New Testament Baptist churches. We need to have a revival of absolute and utter dependence upon God. Brother Randy Casey said one time, I'd never heard it put this way before. He said, we are a dependent Baptist church. Independent in the fact that we govern ourselves autonomously, and that's, I believe, the biblical way. But we are absolutely dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, we can stand up here and preach all day long. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing will be accomplished. Not in your hearts, not in my heart, and certainly not in the heart of those that hear us. We've been live streaming. We've been doing things on the Internet, and people have shared it. And I tell you this, that if we do not have the power of God upon the message, we might as well just keep it to ourselves, because it's not going to do anything. Look what verse number 17 says, and we'll be done. Paul, verse chapter 1, verse number 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with, the, with, with wisdom of words. Notice what he says here. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of what? Of what? Of none effect. You want to take the Bible, which is said in Scripture to be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You want to take the Bible that says in Scripture His Word will not return void, and you want to make it of none effect. Preach it in words of wisdom, man's wisdom. And Paul says it will be made of none effect. I'm thankful that many times... God still works in spite of us. But wouldn't it be far, far better if God could work because of us? That we would not cause any stumbling block. That we would get ourselves out of the way and become an emptied vessel. Let the Holy Spirit of God fill us up from the inside out where we are overflowing with His presence, with His power, with His joy, And go out to this world, and every time we move, it just slops all over everything. It just makes a mess. And that ought to be the way it is. Serving God ought not to be laborious. It ought not to be something that causes us to struggle and strain. I'm certainly aware of the fact that Paul tells us to press toward the mark. I understand that we're in a race that we're to run. But can I tell you this, that we ought to be so full of God. We ought to be so close to walking with Him and having His presence in our life. That it just comes out everywhere we go. That we would be able to have the power of God upon our lives. Last Sunday, I believe it was um, at the 11 o'clock hour, we taught on the issue of um, the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. What happens when that happens. And if you haven't listened to that message, it would go really good in tandem with this one. And would encourage you to do that, but I uh, hope it'll be a help to you tonight and a blessing to you. I, I don't know about you, I feel like a horse at the beginning of the Kentucky Derby, sitting in those those gates, chomping at the bit, ready for ready for that quarantine to open up and run out here, not just so I can go shopping at Wal, Walmart again, or so I can go to uh, the gun range again, or, or whatever it is that we do. That we have opportunity. To point men to Christ. Oh, what a joy. What a joy. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. I pray that You'll bless it and use it. Lord, we have learned very clearly from Paul ways that we are not to go about preaching the cross and ways that we ought to be going about preaching the cross. And so, Father, I pray that You would help us to do these things. That we would rely upon Your power and Your might, Your direction. Lord, we come to you and we realize that there's not one argument, not one method that we can use in and of ourselves to bring someone to you. But you can allow your Holy Spirit to show us what is needful in each situation. If we will just simply be sensitive to that, allow you to direct and work in the hearts, both of us that are telling the gospel and those that are hearing I pray that You would help us to understand this truth to become absolutely dependent upon You. That there would not be an arrogance about us, but that there would be a humility of spirit understanding and realizing that all we are is an empty vessel needing to be filled and needing to be doing Your work. I pray that You would bless the time that we've spent here together. Lord, thank You so much for those that have come tonight. What a joy it has been to my heart. What an encouragement to have some of our people back together again. I pray that you would bless the time that we've spent here together. May it serve as a refreshing time and a time to help us to be more of what we ought to be for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, thank you all for coming tonight, and especially those of you that came tonight for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, that was a real blessing to you. If you've been listening by live stream, thanks for being with us tonight. We'll see you next week.